0: How many has been forgiven? I know that you know that you know that you've been forgiven. Your sins have been washed away. Amen. If you will stand with me this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Luke. While you're turning there, I want to say right after the message this morning, uh we're going to pray, uh, Brother Johnny's is going to stand in. We're going to pray for uh, a need that he has immediately following this message this morning. This altar is going to be open uh, at that point. I feel the urgency to, to get into this. But there's an urgency as well to uh, stirp it, Luke. Stir people's faith. Amen. I heard a preacher say yesterday, Pastor Tim Nail, he said, he said, sometimes you, you have faith in Jesus, but you've kind of lost faith in his promises. And he said, well, how can that be? Well, it, it can be. But this morning I want to talk with you concerning following Christ. Following Christ. In Luke chapter Number nine, I'm sorry, I didn't give you the chapter, did I? Luke chapter number nine. I want to begin reading at verse 23, and I want to share with you from the word of God. Then he said to them all in verse 23, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. I'm reading from the New King James Version. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever desires or whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world in himself? Is destroyed or lost. For whomever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his Father's and the glory of the angels. I want to observe this morning the cost of following Christ. Most of us are here today. If we came through those doors, most of us are here because we've been redeemed. Amen. We've been saved, or we would declare that we are children of God. Maybe some of us are here and we haven't accepted Christ today, but we came because we believe God is real, right? We believe that He, is, he, he exists. We believe that Jesus is real, and He exists. And, you know, maybe we just haven't reached that place to where, we've, where we, we, we have made a decision or had a desire to surrender at all, but yet we've come. Some of us have been drug here. you on drugs. Mama drug you here. Daddy drug you here. Grandmama drug you here. But you're here. Praise the Lord. No matter why you're here today, this truth, this truth is for each and every one of us. God calls us to follow. Amen. And when we follow him, great things, great things, even through the greatest struggles of our life that we'll find, in the grace that he bestows upon our life. Father, I ask you to add your blessing to the reading of your word. And God, no matter who's watching by social media, maybe those that are here today, no matter why they've come, you know every reason. God, you know that uh, the hearts, Father, beyond our knowledge, beyond our revelation, you know and so we ask you, God, to minister to these right where they're at. Father, I ask you to just touch their lives right where they're at. Some of them are f- thinking, maybe, God, I'm, I I need to clean some things up in my life before before I can really come to you, Lord. And, and that's, that's the enemy just trying to hinder them from, from full surrender and following you. And then there's Some today, God, who started out following you in the the, the pressures of life got heavy and strong and maybe they've they've been hindered by some things that uh, that surround them lord they just need to be reminded hey uh, you just need to reset yourself and and focus again on me and come and and, and rededicate your life to me maybe there's some today god that, that they believe you're real they they didn't want to come but they were they were brought here they they had no choice but father i pray that you will shine the brightest of your life into their darkness and allow them to see your love and your grace. It would change their life forever. And we'll give you the praise for it all in Jesus' name. And everybody say it. Amen and amen. Look around at somebody around you and tell them, I'm so glad you're here again. Uh, I'm telling you, there's there's two things that are important uh, when it comes to church. Number one, that we come loving God. And number two, that we come loving each other. Amen. And uh, loving those around us. And loving is more than just an expression of words, uh, it's the kindness of our hearts. And uh, uh, just reaching out with a smile and a friendly, amen, interaction with one another. Just let them know that you do care for them. I want to preach this morning for a few moments on this thought the thought of observing the cost uh, following Christ from the text. To, that we've read we'll get to in a minute, but I just want to remind you that if you're not following God, you're following something. You're following somebody. Everybody is following an ideal or a person or a thought or a precept or opinion. We we follow those things. And so it's uh, it's something that we must really, really, really uh, begin to embrace within our minds before we can allow our hearts to be moved uh, uh, by the Spirit of God. And sometimes our minds is the greatest battlefield of letting God move in us. Amen. And so we're going to follow something. We're going to follow someone. And there are some today that are following those somethings and even those some ones, uh, but the Word of God throughout Scripture, God has called us to follow Him, and with that following, these these thoughts come to mind. Uh, following Him is a pursuit of Him. And some of you are not really in pursuit of Him; you're in pursuit of church, but you're not in pursuit of Him. There's a big difference, and. Uh, Some today, uh, uh, along life's journey, find themselves in pursuit of positions, in pursuit of authority. And we ought to be in pursuit of him. There's a difference. And sometimes we find ourselves in pursuit uh, of what the world uh, thinks is most important for a man to pursue. But God calls us to follow him and pursue him. In the mindset of pursuing, uh, we think of this word as well. It's engaging, engaging. How many want to engage in God today? I want to engage in what God is doing in my life and what God wants to do within my life. We also uh, know that the word follows and carries the sense uh, of walking in obedience. I'm going to preach in just a little bit, but I just want to lay this out. Walking in obedience. How many knows that it's the Lord's will that we walk and follow him in obedience? We also know that it is also to hear or to accept the authority uh, of that one in which you are following. uh, To go after and then finally in this particular context to serve Uh, God has called us to serve him throughout Scripture. Even in the Old Testament, I'm going to share just a few things with you. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 33, uh, in this chapter, Moses is sharing with the people of God uh, concerning and reminding them of the Ten Commandments, and they were going through and and looking at the will of God uh, concerning them. And and in verse 33, uh, this statement is made, he said in the first part of that verse, uh, to walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you. This is uh, the total uh, fault and precept upon uh, uh, everything that God has spoken. He could speak it, but if we don't follow it uh, in obedience and if we don't uh, have a desire for it, if we don't uh, believe in the authority of what he said, then we are going to rebel against it and we're not going to obey God uh, and uh, please him in what we're doing. Doing. And so in Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 4, again he says, It is the Lord your God you must follow, and him you must revere or reverence. Keep his commandments and obey him and serve him and hold fast to him. Amen. Even in the Old Testament, we find as Moses was leading the people through the wilderness to the promised land, that God's promise was still and God's heart was still to follow him. He had laid out the plan. He had given them the commandments and they knew his will. It was up to them to make the decision within their mind as to whether they were going to accept his authority and accept uh, uh, all the things that he stood for and his guidance and his leadership uh, and follow them. And again in Joshua chapter 24 verse 15, uh, he begins to find himself standing there with uh, with some folks who were not being obedient. They were being rebellious. And, and Joshua began to speak these words. He said, if it seems evil unto you uh, to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. You're either going to serve the gods that your father served uh, that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But Joshua goes on a little bit further and he says, but as for me and my house, I want to know that I have some people in here that say, as for me and my house, uh, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, that was a powerful statement. That was a statement of decision. That was one in which Joshua began to say, hey, amen, I know what God desires for me. I know what his authority. Authority is and all that he's laid out, and I have chosen that my house is going to serve the Lord. We're going to follow him. We're going to live in obedience to him. You can do what you want to do, but I know what I'm going to do. I want to tell somebody today it's time for us to understand that God has called us to follow him. And there are gonna be some folk around you doing their own thing, but you got to tune into what thus saith the Lord and say, My God, here I am. I hear I wish somebody i shout amen. I hear hear what you're saying. I know what you're desiring for me. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. My children may be going sideways. Amen. My spouse may be going sideways. But God, I'm going to stand firm and trust you that you're going to bring it all together. Lord, the world may be going crazy. But God, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I find that there is a great peace even in the midst of understanding my decision to serve God engages in every promise that he said that I could have. And you got to hear this this morning. Even in your low valleys, amen, you'll see the glory of God keep you through it all. Amen. We are called to follow him. And in following him, we must make the decision. Then in Luke chapter 9, I don't have time to get into all the the, the places where in the scripture where today he he says to follow. But in Luke chapter 9, verse 28 through 36, we find that Christ is called Peter, James, and John, and they go up on the mountain to pray. And this is the moment of. Oh, what we have known to be the Mount of Transfiguration. As Christ began to pray, the word of God said his face began to shine and it transformed in the presence of God. His robe became white and began to glisten. Well, oh, I just thought about that experience that day saying, so Here was Peter, James, and John. As they were up there with Christ, began to look, but they weren't looking, they done fell asleep. Whew. They were missing out. But if they'd have had their eyes open and they'd have been praying. I don't know if it's God's will for them not to see him in that moment or not, but maybe, maybe if they'd have been able to see, oh, what an experience that would have been to understand the deepness of the revelation of who they were following and who they were trusting in, in the man, Christ Jesus. His robe became white, and then uh, then Moses and Elijah appeared, and they began to speak with Christ concerning his death on the cross that was coming in Jerusalem. And Peter Woke up, he began to look over and he saw all three of them standing there, Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. And he makes the statement, said, Lord, in excitement, he says, uh, uh, let us build three tabernacles. And, and in, in, in saying that, uh, all of a sudden the Lord God began to move and a cloud began to form and come over them. And I believe Peter, as he's seeing this cloud formation take place, uh, not understanding what, what's really about to happen. the word said as they entered the cloud a voice spoke and this is the words he said in verse 35 God said this is my beloved son hear him in other words I'm telling you what you got to do I'm calling you to follow him to engage in him to believe in his authority to serve him he has the way the truth and the life in the words of who he is. In his name, he's everything. I have placed him in position to be the sacrifice and to be the door in which all humanity can get back to me. Can somebody shout hallelujah? You need to understand Jesus. Give him glory if you want to. Jesus is the one whom God had given authority, and he said these words to Peter. I don't want you thinking about what you think I ought to do. I don't want you doing what you think you ought to do. I want you to hear the words of the one that I'm telling you to follow, and I want you to engage in them, and I want you to follow them, and I want you to live in obedience to them. See, there comes a cost today in serving Christ. It's not just what we know we ought to be doing. It's what keeps us from doing what we ought to be. Mm Mm-hmm. What hinders us from doing what we ought to be doing and following the Lord? We find that in Luke chapter 9, verse 23 through 26, there are two words at play here. Y'all ready for them? If you got a pencil, write them down. Write them down in big, big. Amen. Two words at play. Desire and denial. Desire and denial. In the first verse here, in verse 23, he said, If anyone comes after me or desires to come after me, he must deny himself. That word desire is very important. This word desire is important because it speaks to a strong feeling of wanting to do something. Why do we need revival? Because we need desire stirred up again. We need folks that aren't going through the motions in mediocrity, but folks that have a strong desire to follow God. Come on, somebody. See, a strong desire is important in the sense that if you want something bad enough, you're going to go after it. Amen. If you want it with all your heart, if you want it with a great strong feeling within your life, there ain't nothing going to stop you from accomplishing that in which you are desiring. I want somebody to understand this morning that Jesus said, if any man desire me, it's not just a desire, oh, I want to follow him. He's speaking of a strong sense. I want him with everything in me. I want to follow him with everything in me. I've got a strong feeling that I want to follow after him. I want to know where he's going. I want to see where he's going to take me. I want to see the things that he's going to do in my life to make a way where there seemed to be no way. See, I know that there's something different about this man versus any other man I've ever followed. What's different about him? He has the power to deliver me. He has the power to keep me, and he has the power to lead me. I wish somebody would shout hallelujah. He has the power today. He is the Lord. Why would I desire him? Because in the midst of my deepest, darkest place, he's the one that can step into that hospital room and lay his hand on me and turn it all around. In the deepest, darkest place of my struggle, he's the one that can give me peace in the midst of it all. See, I got new, there are many people today that are struggling in low places and all the kindness in the world from their family just don't seem to be enough. It helps, but it ain't enough. But when Jesus steps in the room and he begins to speak, hallelujah, into the very heart of who you are, peace begins to take over in your life. Why do I desire it? Because he'll love me like nobody else will. Why, why do I desire it? Come on, somebody. Why should I desire it? I got a strong feeling that what we've been pressing for and what we've been praying for has begun in many months ago. I got a a good strong feeling that those who are strongly desiring God, not in the sense... Amen, of mediocrity, but in the sense that I want everything that he has for me. I want a relationship with him. I want to know him. If he can save grandmama, he can save me. If he can save granddad, he can save me. If he can deliver a drug addict, he can deliver me. I wish if he can deliver the young, he can deliver the old. I want somebody to know that this revival ain't just about your shout. It's about desiring the one who is able to turn it all around. Glory to God in your life. Amen. And give you life new. Lost our desire. Jesus said, if any man will desire to come after me. Let me tell you what this desire to do. This desire help you keep on ticking every time you take a licking. Y'all know what I'm talking. About. Somebody knows where I'm going. Energizer bunny just wouldn't quit. He kept moving and moving and moving. Nothing lasts longer than an energizer let me tell you, nothing is more powerful than a strong desire to follow God in your life. He made it to keep you through the greatest struggle in your life because no matter what the enemy is saying, you have such a strong desire to follow him Ain't a devil in hell can talk you out of it. I've got to go after him. He's my everything. I've got to go after him. I know I got cancer but he's going to make a way. I know I've lost everything. He's going make a way I know that things don't look good but I desire to follow him because he is the one who can make a way where there seem to be no somebody asked me one time I don't know how you made it through what you got I, you know how because I had the desire for him. If I didn't have that desire, I'd have quit. If I'd have been lukewarm, I'd have just kept going through the motions, but I'd have quit following him. I'd have began to follow the religious era of things, but I'd have quit following him. Mm -hmm. How do you know when somebody's got a strong desire? Like Sister Angie said this morning, because it don't matter what's going on around me, I'm still going to praise him. It don't matter what I'm going through, I'm still going to press on through and be faithful. It don't matter if I'm getting talked about, ridiculed, put down, o. i I feel the Holy Ghost. It don't matter. What I've gone through, I've got a strong desire to follow him, and my desire to follow him, he then begins to rise above all that I may be going through, and it calls me to be fueled in such a sense that I see that which I am going after, not only in the sense of what he can do, but everything that he is. He is the door, he is the way, he is the truth. He is alive. If I'm going to get to the Father, I've got to go with him and I've got to go through him. Hey, come on, somebody. It's not just about getting saved. It's about continuing with him. It's about continuing in the way. Everybody can say the Lord's Prayer. Amen. Anybody can accept Christ. He said, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But let me tell you, what you got to do after you get saved. You got to get in the way. Get in the way. Get in the way. I got one somewhere, brother, but I thank you. I don't know where it's at. If I'd have just got saved and went my way, it'd have been a mess. So I got saved because I had a strong desire and a feeling, strong feeling and a longing under the conviction of God that He could save me. And so I asked Him to forgive me of my sins with a strong desire to repent of everything within my life that was sinful and ungodly and unpleasing to Him. And then in return, he came and he washed my sins away. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Washed it away. I can't sing right now. i got to keep going. He washed it away and the Spirit of God came into my heart and I was born again. Oh, I begin to be sanctified just simply because of the experience. Of salvation, that second work of sanctification came in. Amen. And I experienced that work in my life. In other words, I was no longer the man I used to be. I'm now sanctified, saved, and sanctified for the purpose of God. And oh after that, I, I just gotta tell somebody, Amen. After that, I begin to realize that it wasn't enough. I went to church. I went through the motions. For years upon years, I would go into a religious organization. We'd open our books, and they'd say, turn to page 35. Amen. And some would sing, and you could hear them like angels. But most of them sat there, and it was like a repetitious singing over and over and over again. After going there for two or three years, you almost knew what page to turn to and what song was going to be sung. And they would sing some said, Shall we gather at the river? I wouldn't even want to gather at the table with you. I want to gather. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Amazing grace. How sweet. Ain't nothing amazing, ain't that about your heart? But there certainly is an amazing grace that makes me want to rejoice. Hallelujah to God. I begin to realize that I couldn't just be saved and satisfied. I couldn't be saved, amen, to the degree that I did not do anything else but go through the religious motion. He didn't save me to connect, amen, to religiosity. He saved me to follow him. And in the midst of all that, it puts a smile in my on my face and joy in my heart. I don't want to go to a death church. I don't want to be life's too short to to be a part of a dead church. Give me a church where people say I desire to follow him. Hallelujah. I feel like running. Somebody said, are y'all Pentecostal? I don't know. I feel Pentecostal, but that That ain't even important. What's important is if we'll follow him, he'll have his way. In our life. So I'll never forget. One day. I found out. There was more to it. And when I saw that there was more to it. I had a desire, a strong desire. But then I also began to realize that if I was going to follow him, not only through the plan of salvation for my life, but if I was going to follow him in his will being fulfilled in my life, then I was going to have to deny Myself. This is this is good stuff, even if, if you don't get it, go back and listen to it again. This is good stuff. You need to deny, deny, deny. You gotta have a desire. Then you gotta deny. Why? Denying is part of a sanctification process. I had to deny. See, I had gotten saved, and then I began to learn to live without truly following him. And all the while long, he had saved me years ago, and I backslid. I came back to the Lord. He meant many years later, but in my backslidden years, I wasn't following Christ. Oh, I'd like to come to church and make everybody think I was. Because see, everybody thinks everybody, whoo, my goodness. I'd open up the book and sing with a, I wanted to look like I had it all together. But I wasn't following Christ. How do you know you wasn't following Christ? Because I was doing everything the world wanted me to do and going through the motions of religion. I know who God was. You better believe I did. I remember the day when the Lord saved me. But somewhere along that journey, I begin to find myself not following Him. I begin to find myself just resting in the grace of salvation. I want you to understand that He was calling me and He's calling you to a place of denial. And until we reach that, but what is that place of denial? He said, must deny himself and and follow me take up his cross daily and follow me you must deny yourself refuse anything or anybody that would stand in your way of following Christ you must deny them from allowing them to have that influence over you can somebody shout yes I've met families that said, I found it. Now, maybe I won't have no white on me when I'm greeting everybody. after. Some. I've had people say, well, I used to go to church, but my husband, my husband, he just didn't want me to go anymore. He he went with me, but we just got out of the habit, and, and I just didn't go because my husband didn't want me to go. Do what? Well, I'm supposed to be obedient to my husband, I've heard the other side of the coin, too. I don't go anymore because my wife don't go anymore. Do what? Well, you know, my children, they got involved in ball, you know, and, and we just had to follow them all over the place, amen, and support them and everything else, and that's all good and fine. But I remember a day when ball didn't get ahead of your relationship with God. I remember a day when it didn't matter. Hey, Amen. That there be somebody when I come to church. I don't care if my wife wants to come or not. I love her, but I'm coming to church anyway. I'm gonna serve God anyway. I don't care if my husband comes or not, I'm gonna serve God anyway. Yeah, because I'm not gonna let anybody or anything or any temptation or anything. Come on, somebody, get in the way of me serving God. I, I gotta follow him. He is my life line and everything I do I must do in obedience to him the world wants you to to discredit your faith and wants you to just be satisfied with going through the motions of it but going through the motions of it did not say that the signs of God would follow the signs of God would follow the believers and guess what believers are doing they're following God they're following Jesus. They're. Fo- I got to hurry. Got to hurry. You got to deny yourself. An intentional disowning of everything that tempts you, influences you, or even your flesh desires. You're no longer living for you. You're bought with a price. You're not your own. You're no longer living for you or desire to live for you. You're living for Christ. You're living for Christ. And then he says, take up your cross. This is a powerful statement because many times we often think, well, everybody's got a cross to bear, and I've even said that. It's true, and that's true. That's true. But that's not what this verse meant. This verse wasn't talking about your trials and carrying your cross. Wasn't in 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 essence of speaking of your trials and your carrying it, wasn't that? Wasn't that. The cross was a symbol of death. It wasn't a pretty thing. Before Christ came along, they had been crucified for years. People were dying on a cross. Jesus come along, and the Bible said that He was led as a lamb, as a lamb to the slaughter. Yet He opened not His mouth. He bore our sins on that cross. Well, that 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 relays the cross to the burden of sin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Christ wasn't talking about the burden of sin that you would bear on your own cross because he already paid the price for that. You hear what I'm saying? He was talking about the death of the cross. I remember when me and my wife got married, she said, I want to write my own vows for both of us. Didn't you? And I said, That's fine, honey. I just had such a desire to get married. I didn't care. Of course, we did read her. She did a great job. Beautiful. One thing that most every one of them say, Come on. My bride. And she says, the only way you're getting rid of me is through the grave. You're going to die, or I'm going to die. But when we set our vows, and she still means them today, I still mean them, right? I hope you do. I hope I'm, you You, you, <laughs> We said, for richer or poorer, in sickness and in health. For better or worse, come on, somebody. I didn't mean to go here. I just feel the Holy Ghost. I don't get to walk with her too much like this. She won't let me. I'm just kidding. For richer, for I'm gonna get in trouble for that. How many remember what I'm talking about? For richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health. And then it said, till death do us part. That means everything within the content of our vows, which many don't even hold true or value anymore. We'll get married till it don't work, then we'll go see a divorce lawyer, spend a bunch of money, amen to God. No, 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 no. That may be the way of the world, but that ain't the way of the church. When you know God, you, you, you hold your values. You hold the vows, and you do that. It's sickness, help? rich or poor, yeah, till death do us part. I'm willing to stay with that woman until she puts me in the grave. She said, you might be on your way there right after this service. but I'm willing to stay with her. Can I tell you, we, we, we don't have time to write a book. We've had some good times, and we've had some not so good times. We've had some times that would have made a, um, I can't say that. We've had some bad times. We've had some times in our own marriage where we know people that would have given up, would have quit, would have gotten a divorce, would have walked out, and it wasn't easy going through the storm. But we were committed to each other, we desired each other, and were desired to go through whatever we had to go through till death do you part. Now, what does that have to do with what Christ said about the cross? He wasn't talking about you bearing your burdens. He was talking about you being committed through everything you were going to go through with the cross on your back, all the way till you died. In other words, I'm not going to quit following you until death takes over my life. I wish somebody would hear this today. In other words, I'm following you. If any man desire to follow me, let him take up, deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me every day. When I get up, some days things are good at home. Some days things, there's no struggle. We're rejoicing and some days we don't even want to get out of the bed does anybody know what i'm talking about but we get up and go anyway because we're committed to the very end and some days you may not want to get up and follow him but you've got to be willing to follow him anyway he bad and deny yourself Costs must be counted daily. Number two. A relationship without his lordship is a sinking ship. Anna Grace, come on to the piano, please. A relationship without his lordship is a sinking ship. We only have one life to live, right? The very one you're living right now. That's it. We don't get any do-overs. And when you begin to read verse 24, it says it's for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. If you're going to live for yourself apart from God, if you're going to live that way, then listen. You're on a sinking ship. Think about the prodigal son for a minute. I I, I thought about this as I was studying. I don't have time to get into everything I wanted to share, but I just wanted to let the Holy Spirit lead this quickly. The, The prodigal son, how many remember that story? For those of you who don't, he was a foolish young man who asked for his inheritance from his father, who was very wealthy, took care of him and his son, his brother. And he said, Father, give me all my goods, let me go. He wanted to go out and just squander it away and live righteous. He wanted to live it up. He wanted to do things his way. And we always talk about how the prodigal son made it back home. And then we'll get to shouting all over the altars and we'll get to praising God in the pews talking about how the Lord brought that child back home. He wound up in a pig pen and he raised his head up and said, what in the world am I doing here? I'm going to go back to my father's house. We rejoice over that. But I, want, I want to submit to you that there's a many prodigals that hadn't made it back yet. We buried some prodigals who never had the chance to get back or never took the chance to get back. What are you trying to say, preacher? We always talk about the one that comes home, but let's talk about the ones that haven't yet or the ones that never took the opportunity to come back home. Why Why did they? Because they were living in a relationship with themselves and not a relationship with God that gave him lordship over their life, and they were a sinking ship, lost and undone without God. Yeah, you say, well, preacher, what about the ones that started out right? What about the ones that backslid on God, got their eyes off the Lord? They're living on sinking ships. Hey Amen. Not every prodigal made it back. Not everyone, dear goodness today, that has strayed away and lived that life, took the opportunity of God's grace, giving them to come back home. There's a cost in following Him. That means you got to deny the pleasures of this life for the treasures of heaven. That don't mean we can't enjoy the blessings of God and enjoy this life. I'm talking about the sinful pleasures of this life that lead us. Away from God. So in other words, we've got to, according to the scripture, lose our life. How do we do that? We simply say, Lord, we surrender it all to you. You're the primary in this relationship. I'm following you. Lord, help me to love you more and more. Help me to serve you more. The way you've called me to, and be faithful to you, and then finally stand with me if you will. The last thing I was just sitting here studying, and I said, you know, I thought about Brother Zeb. Every month we go in and we read our reports, you know, and we pray and go over everything. And one of the things that we have a profit and loss statement. We talk about profit and loss. Number three, in the end, there's no profit in your loss. Amen. What does that mean? If you die without God, there's no profit in your loss. Word said in verse twenty-five: For what profit if a man if he gains the whole world and he himself is destroyed, or lost? There's no profit in your loss. So what do I do? What what do I do that I've got to? I've got to ask God if I don't have a desire. I've got to ask God to give me a desire. Give me that desire, Lord, to follow you. Give me that desire, God, to surrender it all to you. Give me the courage to take up my cross daily. Father, let me live. Not only let me be saved, but God, let me live in the path of your will as I follow you. Is that your desire today? God, I want to. Do you want to follow him with everything within you? Do you have that desire this morning? Maybe you did have a desire, but but it's it's kind of grown faint, and that happens sometimes. Life happens. God, I want you to stir it up in me again. God, stir up that desire in me again. Father, I want to have such a desire that nothing in this world will be a problem for me to deny in order to follow you. I need you. I need you to give me. Father what I need. So that I can live this out in my life. Well he did. He gave you the spirit. Father I'm asking you right now. If there's anyone under the sound of my voice. Lord that today maybe they've. They're saved and they came today. Maybe. Maybe, Lord, they they haven't been living where they need to live, but they came today. Maybe they were drugged to church today. I don't know, God. They know. But, Lord, today what we do know is that you are calling even today humanity from every walk of life, every culture, every background. You're calling us to follow Jesus. And Jesus has told us there's a cost to that. The cost is full surrender. Lord, if we're going to be saved, we got to fully surrender. And if we're going to follow Jesus in our path and in our life's journey, we're going to have to fully surrender. Yes, there're going to be times, Lord, in our in our flesh that we fail. But God, you're you there very present to cleanse us and to strengthen us and give us the grace to keep pressing on. You may be saying, I'm here, preacher, and I don't, I don't have that desire. I used to have that desire. And Lord, I've never accepted Christ and fully surrendered. But today, I don't want to leave this building without making sure where I stand with God. The Lord is calling you to follow Him. Will you listen? What will you do? The greatest Disappointment in life that you'll ever hear the saddest words you'll ever hear. Jesus spoke them. He said in the la- that in that day there'll be those that came, they were churchgoers, they were religious and they said, Lord, we've done this in your name. we've done that in your name.'ve accomplished How many knows God will work in spite of you? but who are you following? Are you falling after fame and fortune, religion, popularity, power? Or are you falling after him? Because there are going to be some there that God worked through in spite of, of where they stood. I want you to understand something this morning. He goes on to say the saddest words depart from me. I never knew you. How sad would it be to to live your life in church, but not following Jesus. Not knowing him. It's just as, as being lost and undone without him. Oh God. Let me follow you. Let me deny myself at the cross and fully surrender and let me deny myself daily as I take up my cross. I'm willing to serve you to the death. This altar's open. Oh, Brother Johnny, to come. We want to pray for him too. If he'll come, lay hands and anoint him. For Miss Cheryl O'Neill. This altar is open this morning. Maybe God has spoken to your heart. Maybe you just want to come and just thank him for his wondrous grace in your life, for his wonderful love in your life. Whatever you want to do, stand in for somebody. This altar is open as these are coming to pray. Come join us.